hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with the incomparable co-host, Kirk. Not going to lie, I thought you were going to say the incompetent The co-host. incompetent. <laughs> he is so stupid. No, no, of course not, Kirk. Welcome. There was like a pause on in. There uh-huh. may, not, may not have been. Maybe it's just my, my self uh, headspace You're right now. You're an imposter really, syndrome rearing its I ugly thought, head. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, just like <laughs> roast me. <laughs> the incompetent. Not this time. I got to build Kirk. you up first and then tear you down. You know how that goes. Oh, yes, yes. By the end of this episode, I'll be a puddle of tears. <laughs> but with Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. Thank you so much for being here. If you are with us for the very first time, a special thank you to you for tuning in. Uh, Here's how this works. If you're new to the show, uh, this is a show called Popcorn for Breakfast. And if you're watching on the stream, meaning you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch right now, um, welcome. And we have a whole long show for you that'll include movie news, TV news, movie reviews. This time, movie reviews plural. I added the S because we're reviewing two films this week. And if it's your first time listening to the show and you're listening in the podcast form on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever, we're going to chop this up into three episodes, one for movie news and then one for each of our reviews, and then you will get it uh, dispersed throughout the week. So that's how we do it here. We're so glad to have you guys as always. Um, We are very much in the thick of it right now with it's like the Backyardigans song, the Into the Thick of It. Oh, yes. That was on TikTok forever. Have a TikTok, yeah. Man, it's amazing how TikTok, TikTok can just ruin songs faster than anywhere. It's insane. Like faster than your than a radio station. You know, you, yeah. we used to always complain like back in the day that radio stations were like killing certain songs because they would play them over and over and over again. I feel very much that way about TikTok now. Um, yeah. Because that song that was Justin Bieber and Kid Leroy, you know which one I'm talking about? Hmm. Their big song. Um, oh, what's that song? I can't the remember, I can't remember of, what it's called anymore. While you think of the song you hate, I, I very vividly remember Hey There Delilah being... On TikTok played. or on the radio? The radio. Oh, the yeah, radio. yeah, 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 yeah. For and sure. right now, we're on the cusp of hating another song. Um, what's the song they're playing for Couch Boy? Shout out to Couch Boy. Oh, yeah. What what song are they playing? So Stay is the song by Justin Bieber and Kid Leroy stay. that I yes. can't stand yes. anymore. I, I really liked it at first, and now I'm just like, it's that. You know that? Ah, uh, yes. That's how that goes. Yes. I know none of the words. Um, the Couch Boy song, though. Hold on, hold on. I'm on the internet. This is bad radio. <laughs> this, this is, is bad super radio. Important. If you have not uh, heard of the the sensation that Couch Boy is, girl comes to surprise her boyfriend in college. Um, they have a long distance relationship. She has her friend recording. She walks in. Boy is on couch with multiple girls, by, just him and a bunch of girls. There is some question as to, does he have his phone? Did a girl have his phone? And then he hugs her in a lackluster way. And he's like, hey, what are you doing here? Kind of thing. Yeah, instead of like yeah. elated to see her. Uh, so that's Couch Boy. 
And oh, still falling for you. Still falling for you. Still falling for you. Yeah, Ellie Goulding. Oh man, it's so funny. I cannot Just conjure up. Yeah, I can't conjure up the songs whenever I need to. Um, but when I hear them, I'm like, Dah! and I'm filled with a, a white hot rage. Um, so yes, TikTok is a song ruiner in a major, major way. And also, I hate the Couch Boy trend. I think it's the worst. I think it's one of the worst trends because they're all staged. Unlike some other trends. Where like, you know, like the the horrible oh no freeze frame trend. Oh yes, you know, that song. God help us. That song. <laughs> I hate. Oh no. That oh, song no. is still used. Oh, no 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 no. <laughs> and uh, they were like freeze framing things. Those were like pre existing videos that people like <laughs> added the song to. This is just all staged stupid videos, and I hate every single one of them. Every last yeah. one. Yeah. Um, Welcome to Popcorn for Breakfast. We're breaking down TikTok. No, we need to talk about today. all the TikTok. Here's how you know <laughs> that a TikTok song has gone too far. It's when people start using it in the background of their video that's not related to the trend or not related mm-hmm. at all. Like yes. that oh no song that you were just seeing, they'll put it behind any like people put it behind TikTok still that like are just people showing you how to do something. And it's like Yeah, what? they're dancing they're dancing to the Applebee's song, but playing the oh no song is what's going on there. Yeah. It's it's hellacious, but anyway. Mm-hmm. That's that being said, I still love TikTok and I'm not afraid to say that as a grown man. I yeah. love it. I willingly dive headlong into that bottomless chasm on a nightly basis. And right. last night I this is this is topical because last night at twelve thirty AM I was on TikTok, my wife was on TikTok, and in a fit of rage and hatred for myself, I, I leaned over to my wife and I said, TikTok is a disease. I hate it. I can't stop. And uh, I just kept watching it. I said that out loud to get it off my chest. Yes. And then I was like, nah, I still love it. It's still great. Yes. And you know, TikTok did not go down in the great Facebook shutdown yesterday. That's true. And you know... That's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, twi- uh, you know, Twitter supremacy is what I believe in. I yes. I believe in Twitter supremacy. It's my favorite social network. I love it and hate it at the same time because of the mm-hmm. power that it has over me. But yeah, the big the big Facebook thing yesterday. It's so interesting you bring that up because, first of all, hopefully we're streaming live on Facebook. I don't know. Maybe their streaming <laughs> capabilities are are screwed. I have no idea. I'm I'm watching. Uh, the Twitch feed for quality assurance purposes right now. So I have no idea what's happening on Facebook, but it's okay. And anyway, I read an article. Well, here's when I say I read an article, what I really mean is I read a headline of an article. Um, And so don't do that, Kirk. That's like inception where it's like, it's like a black hole that you've just opened up by holding up your phone so that we, there's quite the delay. Did you see the phone just popped up? Yeah, of course there's, there has to be a delay. That's how things work. It can't be real time. Um, but anyway, before Kirk distracted me, I read a headline to an article that said that during the shenanigans of yesterday, the six-hour Facebook WhatsApp shutdown of 2021, mm-hmm. that Mark Zuckerberg lost $7 billion. And I was like, you know, I like to pride myself on knowing a little bit about business and, and finances, and that just cannot be possible. It cannot be. And I know that there's probably some stupid like, oh, the stock price went down by X amount because people were freaking out about the shutdown and there's the whistleblower thing that's going on with Facebook and all this stuff. 
But there's no earthly way that that man lost $7 billion. You can't do it. You cannot earn $7 billion in six hours, nor can you lose it. I just, I refuse to believe that. So okay. Okay. What if it is true? What What if, uh, should we bet it? That I don't want to live on this planet anymore. No, no, here's okay. the thing, Kirk. There's nothing they can say that will make me believe that it's true. Okay. Because I know okay. that they're just going to, it's just to get people to click on it, which I did not see. I just read the headlines. So ha, mm-hmm. take that. Whoever wrote the article, probably business insider there, clickbait <laughs> city, um, Forbes, same thing. Uh, mm. so anyway, I'm just calling, I'm calling the bluff on that one. Big well, time. Mark Zuckerberg, if you would like to explain if you did or did not lose $7 billion in six hours, there's a chair with your name on it, buddy. He right doesn't over even here. Know. He, he wouldn't even know. It's like, he wouldn't know. No. That's that's chump change. He to wouldn't that know. Guy. Anyway, should we talk about movies and TV or something? I mean, maybe at some point. Yeah. How are you feeling? I, I'm I'm ready. Now that I've got the TikTok rant out of my system, followed by the Facebook $7 billion rant, uh, we're all caught up on current events. And we are reviewing two films, as I mentioned. So we have to get cracking because yes. we're reviewing both Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and the many saints of Newark. So that's what we're going to get into. And I think we're doing it in that order for those of you on the stream. And for those of you not on the stream, once again, you'll have to wait. Darn. We're going to give you that juicy tease and then we're going to leave you hanging until Thursday. That's right. But all right, let's, uh, we, before we get into all of that, we have tons of movie and TV news, some pretty interesting stuff going on in that realm and, uh, some stuff that maybe people aren't privy to because it's hot off the presses. But let's get into it, Kirk. Shall we? Shall we pop it up? Pop it up. Let's do it. All right. The big one, the big story this week is that Disney and Scarlett Johansson have finally settled their differences with a large financial sum of money. Um, yes. And have, have made amends. And... I think so. According to Deadline, the amount of money is somewhere in the ballpark of forty million dollars. So cha-ching. Um, and I think you and I were both sort of wondering and speculating on this show what the settlement would look like. Would it be just a financial set- settlement and then everybody goes their separate ways, or would it be a financial settlement and Scarlett Johansson continues her professional relationship? with Disney in the many ongoing projects they have in flight. And the answer is the latter. The, uh, you know, ScarJo and her people released a statement that said something to the effect of we look forward to continuing, or she looks forward to continuing her partnership with Disney in the many years to come. And according to the Hollywood reporter, that tower of terror project that she is executive producing and probably starring in is back on the tracks beautiful so kirk your reaction is this how you thought it was going to end or you know how do you how do you think this looks for disney just overall opinion on this whole deal it looks good it looks here comes a yawn oh my goodness i'm so tired from all the stress from all the stress of this case i know you've been really losing sleep you've lost weight i'm like i know i saw you. you on sunday and i was like I was like, Kirk, you got to get some rest, man. You got to eat. You know, it's yeah. going to be okay. ScarJo's going to be okay. 
have an extra slice of this delicious meatloaf that my mom made, your mom. It was wonderful. Uh, it was wonderful to hear this. I think this is the best outcome after Disney totally botched this on the front end when uh, when she handed them the lawsuit. Um, there's no way that Disney could have canceled her projects because she's such a powerhouse uh, in the film industry without getting big ripple effects. And to think, like when you think about this like 10 years from now and you're going to say like, dude, Scarlett Johansson almost broke Disney. I mean, she wouldn't like level them, but definitely like take a finger or two off if uh, if they hadn't settled appropriately. So I think that's the, the right deal cash in hand um the baby's gonna get a really nice crib out of that 40 million dollars <laughs> and uh and its first car second car third car and i think that I, i'm more excited for tower of terror now because um maybe she'll use uh, some of her own money to pay for kirsten dunst's reprisal role and that's what i'm hoping for <laughs> well the kirsten dunst Hassan is on as well so it, it would only make sense for her to make some sort of appearance in this movie so that's that's always good news but i tend to agree with a lot of what you said there i think you know it sounds dramatic to say that scarlett johansson could have delivered some sort of massive death blow to disney not a death blow per se but something that it damages their reputation um, mm -hmm. but i think that's very much what was hanging in the balance here i think that you know it was reported that around the industry, lots of different actors and actresses were, I shouldn't even say actresses, lots of different actors were watching this um, case to see, you know, how's it gonna go down? And, and Emma Stone used this case as leverage to get more money out of her Cruella deal and to strike a deal for Cruella too. Um, so this was big. This was, this was like a landmark case in a way for the film industry to see how actors will be compensated for films that release in the pandemic era. And I think that it was, I think that ScarJo was in the right initially, you know, in the sense that they were kind of being a little bit shady. Like I think, I think based on what I know, and obviously I'm not like a contract lawyer, but based on what was reported, it sounds like contractually Disney probably wasn't obligated to pay her mm. anything because they had accounted for that. But they were being a little shady, right? Yes. Like they they were trying to keep her from getting some money that she was probably entitled to. So yes. I think this is good. Like you said, the PR battle in the front end was a disaster uh, from the Disney side because ScarJo's lawyers quickly took it and said, this is a, now a character assassination. You're coming after her. All these different special interest groups started coming to support her and said it was, you know, basically a gendered attack. Big yikes. So I definitely think they cost themselves some money, you know, a couple, you know, seven billion dollars. <laughs> I heard they, they cost themselves a few million, probably additionally, that they had to tack on because they gave them some leverage. But when all said and done, I do think this is the right resolution. I'm glad that their working relationship is repaired because I am a fan of Scarlett Johansson and I am obviously a fan of, of what Disney has been doing recently. And I love the Tower of Terror. So I was like, I want to see the Tower of Terror movie one way or the other. So this is a this is this is good. This is a solid resolution. Exciting stuff. Very much so. Law. Um, <laughs> law. Contract law. <laughs> Very exciting, as always. And we're going to get into something even more exciting right oh now. Oh, my Kirk. gosh. More We're going to be that. talking about unions 
and strikes and things of that nature. So if uh, if you're not excited yet, just get ready. Here we go. Oh, this is popcorn for business. This is the stuff I was talking about that was hot off the presses. But this this is going to sound like boring Snorefest, but it has massive implications here. Okay. The IATSE, which for those of you not privy to that acronym... Uh, is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees yes. have voted to go on strike. Now, this was this is a huge organization that basically runs the production, you know, like the production crew and workers of pretty much everything being filmed in the United States of America are in this union. And 90% of them voted, and 98.7% of that 90% voted to approve this strike. So this has overwhelming favorability among those people. They have voted to strike, which effectively gives them the power to <laughs> immediately shut down pretty much every production that's currently happening in the United States of America, uh, which should be of concern to consumers. And the reason for this strike is that they're basically saying that the, the work-life balance does not exist in this industry, that they're not paid well enough for how competitive this industry is. They don't get weekends. You know, they're asked to work crazy hours. The COVID situation has not been favorable because they've been asked to go work in unsafe conditions. It's not great. And so they had been working with basically this other acronym, <laughs> this other group that represents the producers, and they did not strike a deal. So they're going on strike, which means that pretty much whenever they want to, they can shut things down. Mm -hmm. uh, this is all being reported by Variety, by the way. So this means that as soon as, you know, tomorrow, they could be putting a screeching halt to anything that's being, basically anything that's being filmed with union workers, which is pretty much everything um, yep. in the United States. So... Remember the writer's strike, Kirk? <laughs> Boy, Those. do I remember. And man, is it still so noticeable throughout TV and film uh, that kept going on. Uh, most notably, the show that I was watching during the writer's strike was Heroes, which yeah, you know, sure. show didn't last very long. Um, probably crippled because of the writer's strike because uh, it came in season two immediately following a fantastic season one uh, and just just devastating devastating because you have all the creative minds all the people who are experts at what they do suddenly stop doing what they're doing um, but on the bright side, you know, they're going to need some scab workers. I think you and me should fly out there and just put our, <laughs> roll our sleeves up and say, hey, we're here for you. We're ready. Yeah, let's, let's you and me solve the problem <laughs> um, and go against the union. We're going <laughs> to be Whose concerns on we know nothing about. I like it, <laughs> Kirk. It's bold. Yeah, we're going to be on every single set. We're going to meet every single celebrity. They're going to come on our podcast. You got to look on the bright side here. We're going to get paid poorly. We'll not be working. You know, we won't have work-life balance and we may be subjected to COVID, but so be it. We will lose our homes. <laughs> this plan is unraveling, Kirk. I don't like it. Um, yes. But yeah, I think, you know, I selfishly as a consumer am like, oh no, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home is in post-production right now. What happens there? Like there are other things that are in pre and post and, and in production right now. What happens? But here's what gives me hope. First of all, 
I have no idea what the working conditions are in this field, so I can't speak intelligently to it. But if 90% of the union showed up to vote and 98% of those people voted yes on a strike, they are pretty much aligned (laughs) pretty well. But what I'm also hoping that does is helps them work to a quick resolution because this isn't one of those things where like sometimes you see these long strikes go on and the reason for it is that like the union itself is not a is not a united front Mm -hmm. on on the whole thing Mm -hmm. very much not the case on this issue so um, if the producers want to grease the wheels they're gonna have to come to the table and make a deal is what i'm kind of thinking Oh, yeah. The producer alliance, they are not sleeping tonight. They are running through every scenario. They are talking with the accountants and budgetary. They are just running ragged. They are the Facebook team as the Facebook team was working overnight yesterday. That is the producer uh, alliance right now trying to figure out what is going to solve this problem. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I, I don't know what their... I don't know if wages are being cut or if if they're running lean operations or whatever. I would imagine the producers are citing the pandemic as, you know, there's not as much money to go around, et cetera, et cetera, which is probably just a convenient thing to lean on because they're not hit by the same sort of like supply chain issues that are happening all across the country. They're really just like, they rely on people. (laughs) So you got to pay your people is basically the lesson here, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, if production start getting delayed and shut down, we will keep you guys posted. But as a fan of movies and TV, it's something to be aware of because it could start impacting your favorite shows and movies if this thing lingers on. So we will keep you up to date on that whole situation. All right, moving right along. Some interesting projects that are coming down the pike, Kirk, that I, that I want to call some attention to. First of all, just uh, today, it was reported by Entertainment Weekly, that Kristen Stewart and Steven Yun have been cast in what's being described as a high-concept sci-fi romance film. Um, no idea what the plot details what? are, but since they're calling it high-concept, basically in film, that would mean something that's easy to understand the thesis. You know, something that's like, you know, oh, the thesis of the movie is what if this happened? Yeah, you know, so it's mm-hmm. going to be something that's straight to the brain. It's meant for the mainstream. And so what it sounds like to me is a mainstream sci-fi romance project starring Kristen Stewart and Steven Young. Mm. Okay. Kirk, on a scale from one to ten, how much does that small bit of information interest you in this project? Well, first of all, uh, on the first take, I thought you said Kristen Wiig and Steven Yeun, and I was Maybe very I confused. <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused, and um, that, that definitely piqued my interest. But I would say, knowing Kristen Stewart's in it, Steven Yeun, probably decent match. Eh, I'm going to say I'm, I'm 50% invested into this storyline. <laughs> I may have also made up the word romance, and maybe it's just a drama. It's 50-50 on that. I don't know for sure. (laughs) But maybe I made some assumptions there. This movie does not exist. Cam is just... No, it's... I think everything... I'm 100% confident in everything but the word romance. I was like, was it romance? Was it drama? I don't quite remember. Kristen Stewart, Kristen Wiig. I mean, it's definitely Kristen Stewart. It's definitely Stephen Yun. I'm surprised oh you're goodness. only at 50%. I'm surprised you're only at 50%. Oh, you I think am, I'm higher. More? Oh. I'm higher. I think I'm like uh, seven. Just because, uh, first of all, I think 
uh, you know, and I'm getting, I'm putting the cart miles ahead of the horse here. I mm-hmm. have not seen Spencer, which is the Princess Diana film starring Kristen Stewart, yeah. but the buzz is buzzy, man. It's buzzy. Is all yeah. get out about her. The trailers and the scenes that have come out of that look good. I think she's going to be coming out, you know, on top of the world after that movie. And Stephen Yun, I'm a huge fan. After Minari, mm-hmm. obviously after The Walking Dead, I love what he brings to the table. And it's sci-fi. So I'm like, those two in a mainstream movie, that's sci-fi, I could definitely get behind. So I don't want to get too excited. So I'm at like a six, seven out of 10, I would say on that. Okay. Okay. But we will obviously keep a close eye on that project. If any more details come out anytime soon. So yes, next up, this is a real interesting one (laughs) out of the blue. While Ridley Scott was being interviewed, Ridley Scott, man, this guy, he's about to turn 84 years old in November. Okay. He has 12 directing projects in the works. He's executive produced half of everything that has come out in the last 40 years. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> like, look at his IMDb page, dude. It's absolutely bananas, this amount of things that his name is on. It's absurd. Yeah. And right now, as we speak, he has two films that are out and about, House of Gucci and The Last Duel, that are both you know, about to be released. The last duel comes out not this weekend, but next weekend soon, Soon. very soon. I can't remember exactly when actually off the top of my head. Now it's not this weekend because nobody wanted to go up against no time to die, but it's soon. And he's working on another movie right now about Napoleon. Uh, So ambitious, right? (laughs) And it stars Jodie Comer again. She was in the last duel as well. And Joaquin Phoenix. That movie's called mm-hmm. Kit Bag. Well, anyway, he's got all this going on. He's 84 years old. I can't see what's happening. It's it's crazy. That guy is nuts. And he just throws in during a, an interview with Empire, like, oh, yeah, by the way, Gladiator 2, totally ready to roll. And I'm probably going to start working on it right after I'm done with Kit Bag. So gladiator the 2001 winner for best picture starring russell crowe a i mean truly one of the landmark films of our generation since i've Mm -hmm. been alive is potentially getting a sequel and that that story has somehow just kind of like skirted under the radar here um kirk any thoughts on yay or nay on a gladiator sequel 20 years after the fact yes Lots of thoughts. Now, was it determined that it is a sequel or a prequel? Because I know in the past 20 years, it has been tossed around. Like, will it be after? Will it be before? They're saying sequel. sequel. Now, that doesn't... It's early, so who knows? But they're mm-hmm. saying they're saying sequel. Hmm. Yeah. I just... I mean, I know he's going to do a good job, but I just don't see what the story is who the story is about does it take place immediately after like 15 years later because russell crowe has a very different body shape (laughs) yes just because he's he's an older guy so like by 20 years so it's not the same it's not the same dude and that's not that would be the same for anyone and it's yeah. not like he was 20 
when he filmed Gladiator. You know what I mean? Like, right. He's he's a significantly older person these days. Um, I I have to say I love Russell Crowe. I, I'm one of the, he's one of those actors I will die on the hill for. I like. I think people like to have hot takes about Russell Crowe because he's taken a lot of different roles, and obviously some of them will be bad. But he's I think he's incredible, and yeah. he's been in a lot of my favorite films actually. So I'm a huge fan, and I love Gladiator. I love it. I I, I it's one of the first movies I can remember watching and being like this is cinema you know the martin scorsese Mm -hmm. meme you know like this is (laughs) this is cinema that's what i that's one of the first movies that really sticks out to me with that and so i'm very skeptical of this i'm very skeptical because like you i don't see what the plot is in my head can't see it and it feels unnecessary and like we have some things have to be sacred in this world and there we have certainly made other things not sacred by sequeling them that are of higher cultural significance than gladiator but i'm just saying like there's no reason to do this really there's really not no it's um maybe not that i wish any ill will toward really scott but maybe he won't make it maybe he will wow. not make it to the <laughs> oh no. that doesn't sound great I'm going to let you try to dig yourself out of it real quick. Maybe he will just, maybe he'll go, no, I was going to say maybe he'll go bankrupt, but then that will give him more motivation to uh, to Uh make that film. Uh Um, No, I think maybe he is just going to cash out. I think he's going to get close to it. Maybe some things aren't going to go his way at the beginning of production, and he's going to say, I'm out, I'm out. Well done. Um, And you can interpret that whichever way you want to. Yeah, I think think that was a good recovery, honestly, by you. Thank you. So well done. Nine out of ten, I would say. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Gladiator Two. Who knows? Who knows? But it's apparently happening sometime in the near future. So we'll keep an eye on that. Couple of other quick juicy nuggets. First of all, the Book of Boba Fett. Remember that show <laughs> that they dropped Lord. the teaser for at the end of season two of The Mandalorian? Um, it's it's got a poster, which is a great poster. It's got Boba Pet, Boba Boba Pet, Boba, Boba Fett, Fett sitting in Jabba's throne, kind of like, you know, kind of lounging like a boss. Mm-hmm. And with the poster came a release date, which is that the series is premiering on December 29th wow. on Disney+. Plus. And if wow. my math is correct, Amundo, that would mean that the Hawkeye finale and the premiere of the Book of Boba Fett would be on the same day. So it could, could be a nice little post-Christmas pre-New oh, Year's gift for all of us to have those could, two flying back-to-back. Could be a crossover. We could see Hawkeye in on Tatooine, is what I think you're trying to say. We, finally see, we finally see Patton Oswalt's uh, Parks and Rec filibuster <laughs> idea come to life. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Boba Fett's hand shoots out of... <laughs> <laughs> out of the sand you know he did correctly predict that though he you know all those years ago and he was he wasn't the only one obviously to theorize that boba fett was was in fact alive um but he did he did cor- correctly predict that he didn't yes. correctly predict him wearing the infinity gauntlet but there's still time kirk there is still time for sure Pat oswalt with no notes ad-libbed that speech my friends incredible (laughs) it's that's his legacy to me and i think i think he's a great comedian and has done many incredible things that have made me laugh very hard but as far as i'm concerned him ad-libbing the parks and rec filibuster 
is the greatest thing that he will ever do in, yes. in his life. And I, I think that's an incredible legacy. I, I should hope that my legacy is half that good because it's, <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, yeah, so Book of Boba Fett, December 29th. That's the season season premiere. Again, it'll be a week-to-week thing, so you're just getting one episode that day, presumably, but it's coming. And I don't know what's happening with Mandalorian Season 3, but there are whispers that are getting louder that Gina Carano will be back. Ooh. Not in Season 3, but in Season 4. Um, I'm not willing to say that that's happening yet because... Nobody else is saying that it's happening, but there are there are loud whispers in the Twitter and, and Reddit spheres that that she is making a return. So do Lord. with that information what you will. <laughs> I don't know. Um, next up, Squid Game. Squid Game. Hey-o. The latest Netflix sensation is the the Korean. I don't know what would you call this psychological thriller, action thriller. Psychological, yeah, definitely psychological. It, it's a uh, South Korean psychological thriller series. Uh, it has taken Netflix and the world by storm. Uh, apparently, the South Korean internet, like government internet situation over there, is suing Netflix because it has destroyed their ability to service everyone. It's like eating up their bandwidth because everyone in the country <laughs> is streaming Squid Game. And it's huge on Netflix. It's like number one in the top 10 every day. And it is currently, this is the story, I guess. It's currently on pace to become the most watched Netflix show of all time, which would top Bridgerton, which shockingly Bridgerton is already the most watched Netflix show ever, even though it's a very young show. But Squid Game is on pace to beat it. Right. How? I mean, the, the people who uh, work at Netflix, they are brilliant. They are just brilliant marketers because they have their platform that reaches millions and millions of people. I saw that the title for that and I'm like, what? And I read it and I saw the crazy uh, staircases that they're marching their these prisoners up. And I'm like, well, yeah, I got to press episode one. Let's go. Let's see what this is about. And you're and you're watching, you're going along. You're like, okay, this is interesting. Okay, awesome. And you get to the end of episode one and it it's it's kind of what you expect, but more shocking than what you expect. Right. Uh, and I think that's exactly what Netflix is best at. Um, I don't know if did Netflix produce this whole film or did they just buy it up? They yeah, they produced it. They yeah, produced it, they, right? They bought okay. the script and they bought the rights to it and they made it with the with the guy who wrote the script. Excellent, excellent. So, which makes perfect sense because the way they've constructed this is so perfect. They capture you. You get into episode two after uh, the craziness of episode one and it just paces so perfectly of, um, of broken expectations and managed expectations. Uh, and if you, I don't want to spoil it because it's so new. Maybe on Spilled Popcorn we'll talk about it a little bit. But Squid Game, fascinating. Fascinating. I think the thing that is most impressive to me about the Squid Game situation right now is that so let's compare it to Bridgerton right because that's the that's the closest comp for something that has just sort of released and has taken the world by storm recently yeah um, with Bridgerton you have this built in equity of the fact that like A it's Shonda Rhimes 
right? She she is a brand of her own and, and brings with her a horde of devoted followers um, everywhere she goes. So there's that. B, it's a it's a British period piece, which is an automatic markup, thanks to things like The Crown, Downton Abbey, etc. Though that aesthetic has a built-in appeal to it. And you've got tons, it's intentionally a very attractive, sexy show. That's the mm-hmm. point. That's the selling point of the show. So it's not hard to see why something like that catches on. Squid Game, on the other hand, is made by a creator unknown to anyone. <laughs> you know, like he, he wrote this 10 years ago while living with his grandma. And like it didn't get picked up, didn't get picked up, didn't get picked up. He kept at it. And it's in a foreign language. You know, mm-hmm. like it for America, it's in a foreign language and uh, it's, you know, it doesn't have that sort of aesthetic or built in name recognition or anything. And so it, the growth of, of Squid Game is purely word of mouth and, and presumably algorithmically, I suppose. And it's only been out for a couple of weeks. So it's when you when you factor all of that in, it's it's all the more impressive that this is happening. And one last thing on Squid Game before we move on. Watch it in Korean. Do not watch the dub. Kirk, are you watching the dub? Um, I don't know what I'm watching it in. Are they um, speaking English? I can't remember because I watched the first episode and a half. I do not remember. Okay, uh, but it's been, been about a week. But yes, watch watch it in watch it in its native language and read the subtitles. Read I the agree. subs. Read the yes. subs. All right. I'm not like. Do it. We, we as, think... as a civilization, we have to do this. We have to. We have mm-hmm. to be able to overcome this. All right? We can do it. It's it's possible. It's not that bad. I put subtitles on everything all the time. It's an okay viewing experience. And listening to the embarrassing, terrible dub while the lips are moving <laughs> weird is horrible. And yes, I watch Dragon Ball Z dubbed, but that's because I grew up with it that way and it's animated so you can't tell that the lips are super weird or anything That's right. so it's a very different experience so I'm not a hypocrite I seriously cannot recommend enough that you just listen to it in Korean and put the English subtitles on please That's right. rant over <laughs> except for it's not please do it please I'm begging you we, we have to we have to overcome this as a society we just we have to it's going to open the door for fo- more foreign films to and we've got this thing going on. I, I ranted about it earlier, where they keep taking films that are already good, Train to Busan, the most recent example, and mm-hmm. remaking them in America without really changing anything except for the fact that it's American actors in English as the spoken language. Like, no, stop that. Just nope. stop. It's already good enough. Like, I don't want them to remake Parasite. Glad, like, luckily that movie won Best Picture in its native language, thank God. But, sure. like, I, I don't want that to keep happening. So. Let's uh, let's just move on, guys. Let's let's just all link arms and listen to it mm-hmm. in Korean and read the subs. All right. And we don't want to speak to you if you do the opposite. So that's right. Get out you're of dead, here. You're dead to me. Is basically what I'm trying to say. How dare you? And <laughs> you're, you, you disgust, disgust me. me. <laughs> you, you're the scum <laughs> between my toes. <laughs> yes. And to be clear, if you've done it already, it's okay. But from here, henceforth. You must watch it in Korean. Okay. We'll be checking. We're going to be popping into your houses and looking at your iPads We're and be checking We're going to be posting about settings. it every day. Like, hey, just a reminder, <laughs> like, don't watch Squid Game with the English dub. Okay, thanks. Bye. 
All they right. Cop knock at the door. Doom, doom, doom. Oh no, it's scary. They're like, people are muting. They're like fumbling for their remote. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my. Uh, yeah, that's quite a hill to die on. But I will. I'll die on that hill. I really will. Okay, finally. What to watch for this week? What you should be watching on streaming? Pretty light week, but a couple of things to note. The big one No Time to Die is in theaters this Friday. Finally, James Bond, No Time to Die in theaters this friday it's in theaters only so if you think you're going to stay at home and watch it on hbo max no also i guess it would be prime if anything but no you have to go see it in theaters so mask up and do it if you're interested in it or wait for it to come to home video either way we will be talking about it on the podcast next week i guarantee it also black widow is as of 10 6 so tomorrow um going to be available on Disney Plus with no extra charge. So it's finally exiting the premiere access window. So if you were waiting to not have to pay the $30, tomorrow's the, the day. And if you paid for the $30 today, I am so sorry. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm so sad for you. <laughs> Next up, what if season finale, season one finale tomorrow, 10-6, and... The episode is officially titled What If the Watcher Broke His Oath? Okay. Mm. So there was a clip shared today of Party Thor fighting a bunch of Ultron bots. If you haven't listened, if you've been watching, if you have been watching What If and not listening to our Spilled Popcorn episodes where we recap, make sure you swing back and do that before the finale because we have lots of good uh, speculation and analysis uh, ready to go for that. And finally, something I am super stoked for the Muppets Haunted Mansion drops on Disney Plus this Friday. The Muppets Haunted Mansion, um, which stars the Muppets, as well as Will Arnett and Taraji P. Henson and many others. So it should be a good time. Mm-hmm. And it'll be available on Disney Plus at no extra charge. Bravo. Bravo. All right. And to wrap up what's popping and to act as a juicy tease for our very first movie review of the evening, Venom. Let There Be Carnage earned a whopping $90 million at the domestic box office this weekend, making it the largest opening weekend of any film in the pandemic era, and shockingly, a better opening weekend than the first Venom film, which earned a billion dollars in the global box office. So, huge, huge numbers this movie is doing, um, and we are going to talk about it right now. Let's pop it up one last time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number Four Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn4breakfast.com. We'll see you next time. Popcorn.